welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org. It's good to be together. This morning is going to be slightly different. There are three speakers this morning, all doing little tiny segments. Okay, first things first, I'd like to invite all of the kids down to the front here. That means if you're under the age of 18, you need to come and sit at the front here. That means you, Hannah. Come on. Sit down at the front. All right. Which of you lot think that... Face me. (laughs) Okay. Which of you lot think that you are good kids? Yeah? Yeah. Good, good. Sometimes. That's fair enough. And which of you guys always do what their parent, what your parents tell you to do? Never. Never. <laughs> do you always do what your parents... Do you agree with this? So, it's always good to obey our parents. And that's what God tells us in Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Okay. (laughs) Parents, you are going to enjoy this. (laughs) Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may may enjoy long life on the earth. So, this is directed at you guys. First one tells us that obeying your parents is the right thing to do. And do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the short answer. But there is so much more to it. The bit that may confuse you about this verse is verse 2, which tells us that honoring your mother and father is the first commandment in the promise. With a promise. (laughs) And for any of you that know the Bible, you would know that honouring your mother and father is actually the fifth commandment. So, what's the promise that comes with it? Exodus 20, verse 12, tells us to honour your mother and father so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. So, we need to honour them so that we can live the way that God wants us to, which is the right thing to do. Trust me. This... (laughs) This means we can live a long life and prepare ourselves for eternal life in heaven. Well, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. Yes. But we can always try our best to obey our parents. So, how are we going to do that? How, how can you obey your parents? Hmm? Tidy your room. Tidy your room. Um, the first thing they say, do it. Yep, yeah, do it when they tell you to. Yeah, cleaning kitchens. Just obey them. Yeah, just obey them. And ob- <laughs> Hannah! <laughs> you, you need to help out your parents because they are busy, trust me. <laughs> your parents are very busy. And so you do need to help them from time to time. Do things the first time they ask. Trust me, if you wait till the third time, then you're in big trouble. Just 
be kind to them because, you know, they do, they do, they are good to you. They clean, they do clean. Um, they cook you meals and they've still got to go out and work just like you have to go to school. Treat them how you want to be treated. But then on a spiritual level, I can be talking to everyone here because you need to obey God the Father. And I know this is a hard thing to do because God can tell you some crazy things and it seems stupid and crazy and impractical, but you do need to listen to him. No matter what it is, he may tell you that he wants you to go and plant a church in another country. Or it may be just a small thing about having a conversation about faith with your friends. But if he tells you to do it, then it's best to listen. Because obeying your God can land you in some great situations. This whole week, I've been thinking about the prayer meeting. And I've never been, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go or not. But as I walked in here this morning, I felt that it was right for me to go, and I felt God telling me to go. So that's what I did, and I obeyed him. And I did not know what to expect, but when I walked in there, it was actually really good, and we were just praying, and it was just really nice because you just felt God's presence right from the start. And if I hadn't obeyed God and I hadn't gone to that prayer meeting, I feel that I'd have missed out on a lot this morning. So I know that you may find it hard to obey God, but it's something that you need to do. And if anyone wants prayer on obeying God, come and find me at the end and I'd be happy to pray for you. But parents, I've got a warning for you guys. They'll only obey you if you don't exasperate them. Thank you. You can go back now. So, um, Matthew's spoken to the children, and now it's my job to speak to the parents. So, if you're a parent here, do you want to come and sit on the floor at the front? <laughs> um, no, if, um, if your child's in the room, I'd love you to be sitting uh, where your child is. That might mean, as an adult, you need to move to where they are, or they need to move to where you are. But I'd love you to be together for the next bit, if you could. So, that might involve a little bit of movement. You're going to stay. You don't have to sit at my feet, Matthew. Um, I just want to thank Matthew for two things. One is I think he spoke really well. Um, engaged the young children really excellently. Um, so, so that was really good because I couldn't have engaged the children like that. And the other thing was he gave a really, really good promo for the prayer meeting. Happens before the meeting on a Sunday morning. And it is true, when you come and you, you're in that prayer meeting... You, presence of God, uh, you're already kind of in his presence before um, kind of getting into the meetings, which is great. Now, it's the first week of the summer holidays. Um, Who's had enough already? Um, Which of the children have said, I'm bored? There hasn't been any of those yet. They're coming. Um, The the next verse, uh, Matthew alluded to it um, from Ephesians 6, uh, verse 4, um, says, 
fathers or uh, parents. Um, it's, it's not actually, it doesn't actually use the word father there. Um, it says, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. So there's two bits to that. Part one, do not exasperate your children. I think Matthew alluded to this, didn't he, right at the very end. So um, I said to Matthew bravely yesterday, what do I do that exasperates you? And um, he said, when you've asked me to do a job, you don't have to ask me three times. I heard you the first time. I'm just taking some time to get around to it. If you then ask me to do the job, let me do it my way. Don't expect me to do it like you would do it, because I'm not you. So um, he said those things. He did tell me that my way is not the only right way. So um, if you are here with your child, um, parents, could you stand up, please? And I would like you to face your children. Children, could you face your parents? Now, children, I want you to say to your parents, see, I told you so. (laughs) And parents, I want you to say to your child, I'm sorry. Now you can sit down again. Now, there's two parts to this. The second part says it's the parent's job to discipline their children. It doesn't say it's the school's job, the church's job, the youth group, New Day, whatever. Radio 4 had a whole piece on this the other day that I was listening to as I was driving around the countryside that basically lots of parents have abdicated their responsibility to others rather than educate their own children and bring their children up properly. And uh, it wasn't from a Christian perspective, but the teachers were unbelievably vicious about parents. Um, Now, I want to let the children into a secret. When you were delivered, and I've got a photograph here um, of young Matthew. This is Chloe. She was very excited to see her new little brother. I did have a picture of Matthew where he was stark naked having just been born, but I didn't think that was appropriate. Um, I'm sure he's happy about that. But children, there's a secret for you. When you were delivered and you were a little baby, you didn't come with an instruction book. And you know what? As parents, we're making it up as we go along because we haven't got a clue how all this stuff works. So... We need to take advice from experts as parents. So we have people around us who tell us how to bring up our children and explain things. And we've got the Bible. And in the Bible, there's um, King Solomon. Now, King Solomon was wise. said that he was the wisest man who ever lived. Now, it says in 1 Kings 11 that he had a thousand wives. So I don't know how many children he had, but he probably had several thousand children. And King Solomon says this in Proverbs 19. Discipline your children, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. (gasps) 
really quite harsh. If you don't bring them up properly, they will die. That's what it says in the Bible. That's quite a heavy responsibility for us parents whose children arrived without a big instruction manual. So, parents, I'm going to ask you, what is the question that your children ask you that winds you up the most? Now, I know the one for most parents, the question is, why? So you say to your children, please, could you do this or that? And they say, why? Well, the answer is, because we've lived longer and we've got more experience and we've already made the same mistakes that you're about to. And so therefore, that's why we've said this. We are wise as to what the consequences might be. So once again, children, could you stand up, please? And parents, could you stand? And parents, I'd like you to say to your children, see, I told you so. (laughs) And children, can you say to your parents, I'm sorry. Soz, that's all I get, soz. So... We've got this this amazing bit at the beginning of Ephesians 6, and it basically tells us, children, yes, obey your parents, but parents, don't exasperate your children. So at the beginning of the summer holiday, which can be long and arduous, I just wanted to bring you a little bit of wise advice. Okay. Uh, Peter said to me that he was going to... Uh, with Matthew do a little talk about children and so forth so um, I'm just going to share some thoughts that I had this week uh, about that and uh, I was reading, I said to Peter last week I was reading, I've been reading Proverbs recently which it's not a book you can read quickly <laughs> it's so full of wisdom, you kind of read a verse and then you think I have to stop there for a minute and let that sink in uh, but it's a great book to read, actually. Um, I've got so much out of just going through it slowly. And uh, I was reading Proverbs 22, verse 6. Uh, this was the week before. And it says, Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. And uh, I was. Direct your children is an action, it's not passive, it's an action. Direct your children. Lead your children, if you like, um, onto the right path. And when they're older, they will not leave it. And I know for some of us that we've done that in our lives. We've directed our children, but they have left it. So where does that leave this verse? And uh, the Lord reminded me about the prodigal son. And we always focus on the prodigal son, the one that went away and did his own thing and was enjoying himself and living his life. But we forget that there was a second son who never went away. And I just felt the Lord say to me that there are some that stay and there's some that go. But as prodigal sons, they will return because that's the promise that they will not leave it. And I gave my testimony last Sunday morning when I was speaking about Ruth, the fact that I went away from God uh, for a, a number of years 
and did not want to know anything about God. And I uh, was doing my own thing, very happy in doing that. And finally, God brought me back. And um, something I didn't say last Sunday, but when I came back to God, I went, I didn't go to my father's church. My father was a minister. I didn't go back to that church. I went to a different church. And uh, eventually, I went back to my dad's church one Sunday morning. And a couple came up to me, Jack and Molly, and they said, we have prayed for you every day since you left. Now, I know Jack and Molly, they're an older couple, you know, and I know they were faithful prayers. And there's something about us remembering the prodigals this morning that are not with us, ones that have gone away, that are doing their own thing, and we need to pray for them. And we need to pray for them consistently because I believe that verse is true. They will come back. If you direct them and lead them in the way, they will come back. God had his hand, has his hand on their life. And uh, I was reading Psalm 78 just this week. It says this. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I'm saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he has issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. And as I read that, I just thought, you know, there is a spiritual foundation that we as parents put into our children. And that foundation is absolutely key. And sometimes we feel, I've put all this work in, we've had them dedicated before the Lord or christened or whatever you want. You know, we believe in dedication in, in this type of church. So we've had them dedicated to the Lord, we've brought them up, they know the Bible, they've come to church, and then they go off and do their own thing. But that foundation that you have put into them is absolutely vital and key and will bring them through in the end. It may be a lifetime but it will bring them through in the end. And so often, we've been reading Joshua and Moses, so often they build an altar and he says, why are we building this altar? And he says, it's for the next generation. So they remember the works of God. They remember that God took us across the the Red Sea. It's a memory of what God has done. It's a memory of how great God is. And you are building those memories into your children as you bring them up. You're building those memories into their hearts and minds. And, you know, one of our kids is not here this morning. They're away from God at the moment. But actually, when the chips are down, they say, will you pray for me over this situation? Will you pray for me when I'm going to to this interview? Will you pray for me when I'm doing this? What is that about? That is the foundation is there. 
They may not be actively coming to church, but they know the truth. And that truth will stay, and that truth will come out. And I just felt it's really important for us to, to remember the prodigals this morning. There are lots of them. Not all our children are walking with God at the moment. So I want to pray for the prodigals this morning. I want us to believe that the foundation that we have put into them is absolutely key and vital. I really believe it is. That's what they were doing in the Old Testament so many times. Building that foundation, that memory of how great God is. Not for them particularly, but for the next generation and the generation after that. So, if you have children that are away from God at the moment, I'd like you to stand up. And we're going to pray. If you're near someone who's standing, we just put your hand on them. I'd like you to pray for them as well. Let's stand together as a family with our brothers and sisters. Lord, we thank you for every word of truth that has been put into our sons and our daughters over the years. We thank you for every talk that they have heard. We thank you for every worship song they have sung. Lord, that spiritual foundation is in each and every one of them. And we ask, Lord Jesus, they may not be with you this morning. We pray for all these prodigals this morning, that you would bring them back to you, Lord Jesus. Just as the prodigal son, it says, he came to his senses. What was that? The Holy Spirit goes and he suddenly remembers what he's missing. Lord, I pray that spiritually, in the spiritual realm, we call these back to you this morning, Jesus. We call them back. Say, Holy Spirit, would you go in your power and touch people's hearts and lives, sons and daughters. Touch their heart in ways that we cannot see or understand, but we call them back to you this morning, Jesus. We want to see them standing with us on a Sunday morning. It doesn't have to be here. We want them going to church in London or Manchester or Sheffield or wherever they are, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit. Just come and have your way. Draw them back to you, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.